This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Yo, what's good? It's your boy CJ King. Look, and I'm rocking with the homie Rick Sincere. I'm going to need y'all to keep it locked right here on MTMV Sports. Awesome. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. I'm geeked to be joined today by my boy SB, man. How you doing today, bro? Yo, Rick, what up, man? Glad Chilling, to be man. here, bro. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yo, um, so, you know, you talked to my boy Nice, and then Nice told me, you know, you know, you told me about Nice. Nice, anybody Nice recommends is my dude, bro, straight up. Bro, so he, you told me you wanted to talk and link up, man, talk a little bit about CHH and sports. And so, first off, I want to talk to you about your journey in sports. Like, where did you start off? Did, were you a, a football player? Were you a track athlete? Who were you in, in sports? Man, growing up, I was a jack of all trades, man. I um, I did everything, man, like from basketball, tennis, soccer, football, track. You know, I did it all growing up. And, you know, it was it was a way to keep me active, man. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and it was a way to kind of keep me off the streets. And it was crazy because as I got older, I started seeing my teammates change. You know what I'm saying? Meaning the same group that was with me when I was eight, nine years old wasn't with me when we was 10, 11, 12. You know, we mm-hmm. all kind of chose our different paths. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go out into Maryland and um, moved out to Maryland. And I went to school out there away from where my, my home neighborhood and, you know, I had to dwindle down that, that um, dwindle down the different sports I was playing, man. So from middle school, I, I narrowed it down to football, basketball, and baseball, right? And as time went on, got into high school, I had to narrow it down. So I focused on football, man. Like, I was um, all-conference in football. Okay. We, was, we, we had a great squad. Um, for my senior year, though, man, we didn't have the best season, but we had some real good athletes. And then my senior year, I decided, you know, I wanted to run track to stay in shape for football. And it was crazy because that was my only year running track since I was like maybe five or six years old. Fast forward, bro, I ended up winning um, the state championship in the 100 meters, the 200 meters, um, the 4 by 4 and then I ran with the summer track team. We won the 4 by 4 nationals that year. I'm not going to give you the year, man, because it's going to date me. But that's fact, <laughs> we had that's a, a phenomenal That boy burned it, though. He burned oh, it yeah. up. Oh, yeah, man. Guys, so, look, I had wheels. Everybody was shocked. Like, yo, I didn't know you had them type of wheels. So, because I, I played quarterback in football, so I didn't have to always display those wheels, you know. Got it. Um, I had what they call deceptive speed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, when I got on that track, man, I was real raw and ended up getting a scholarship to, um, to Morehouse College and went on and was, became a freshman All-American, sophomore year. Um, did very well, played football for a brief stint, too. And then this is where, like, my testimony really begins. Um, you know, once I got that All-American status, you know, you know how they say too much too soon? Yeah. I got it early as a freshman. Um, I told God, thank you, man. Like, thanks for getting me this far. But guess what? I got it from here, boss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was Feldman, wasn't it? Yeah. Hey, bro, come <laughs> on, man. Come on. So at that point, you know, I started to – I started to fall in love with everything that came with being successful instead of that process of putting in that hard work of practicing and, you know, working out, taking care of my body, eating properly. I was here, I was in Atlanta, you know, I left DC, went to Atlanta. Um, and I, I fell in love with Atlanta, man. And, and Atlanta got to me, the big head, you know, and 
enjoying those things at such a young age that I probably had no business doing, involved with people I shouldn't have been involved with, all because they, you know, when you win it and you're successful, it's going to bring people to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody want to be a part of that. So that was that was kind of my, that was the beginning of my downfall. So I started getting hurt, um, getting injuries that I never sustained before. wasn't recovering the way that I was supposed to, um, spiraling down like so. That took a mental toll on me. And then like for school, you know, I was struggling in school because I wasn't going to class because I was, I guess you would call it depressed or down in the dumps or whatever. And you know, fortunately, you know, God gave me another chance, man. So I, I got another opportunity. My body healed. This was right around my senior year in school. And, you know, I got an opportunity to go into the arena league. I played semi-pro and then had an opportunity to play in the arena leagues. Mm. You know, you would think at that point, you would say, thank you, God, for a second chance. And you would try to get things right. But guess what old Shep did? Oh, yeah, man. We're right back down that same path. Ah, too, man. Yeah. Enjoyed the love, like the success he was getting yeah. down to Texas, man, and up in Philly and in the arena leagues. And lo and behold, man, we're right back down that hole. Mm. This time, God said, you know what? You are done. I need to humble you. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I was no longer able to, um, I couldn't pass a physical. I actually had my shoulder scope. No longer able to pass a physical. So my playing career was over. Fast forward, man, to about, this was like in the mid, late, mid to late 2000s. So fast forward to 2013, man, I'm here in Atlanta with my family. We find ourselves in church. And that's when like this meteoric rise happened. So from 2013 to today, I end up, you know, giving my, giving my life back to Christ. Um, took over a youth program, um, stepped in and took over a youth program at my church. There was a gap there. Um, took over a youth program. I became licensed as a minister, then became ordained as a minister. Um, I stepped into music, had no idea what in the world I was doing. Um, and then now here we are, man. And it's, it's been crazy. It's like God has a way of getting the glory, regardless of what you do. Sometimes we got to understand we're not powerful or strong enough to rule what God has in store for us, man. So, yeah, that's my journey, man. Bro, what made you hop into music? Like, I understand, you know, coming down off that 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 high, it's you know, it's tough. But then when you got in and you started to, you know, um, you became licensed, you became ordained. Like, what? I mean, that's all in the pulpit, right? That's in the pulpit. Yeah. And that's in the classroom talking to students. That's not in the booth. What got you from there to the booth? So, this is a crazy story. So, I um, you know, in working with the youth, I had to find a way. Like, I can't. It's, it's hard to come in there with to the youth and just hitting them over the head with Bible. So you got to find a way to meet them where they at. You got to find a way to relate. And music was the thing. So we started out recording some of our classes, our sessions, because we had some good conversations. And I started recording them. And then I said, you know what? Let's put some music in the background. So, you know, you can go on YouTube, get some instrumentals, do some music in the background. And then eventually I came to them like, yo, we need to do a song. <laughs> so they, you know, they were the inspiration. Like they didn't, so they didn't really believe in the, the song thing, but I really, that really sat on my heart, man. So my church is blessed with some gifted individuals, man. Some, um, we have some talented people in our church. So I tapped into them and, you know, it's like, listen, I want to make a song. I need your help. So they actually pushed me, man. Shout out to my sis, Sydney Malone, man. She, um, and, and Tracy Seymour, they actually, she go by Trey Lee. 
they actually helped me and pushed me. I wanted to actually put people together to make a song. I look, listen, Rick, I searched high and low for rappers. Nobody wanted to do it. So Tracy and Sydney, man, they literally pushed me in the booth. We in the recording session. Sydney what year was this? Hook. Nah, don't tell us. Don't tell us. But no, go I'll ahead. tell you, this is twenty. This is 2016, 2017. In the 2016. You couldn't find a rapper in 2016? No, I could find them. I found rappers, but they wasn't wanting to spit Christ. Really? Yeah. You couldn't find any like Christian rappers in 2016, 2017? Well, at least the people I reached out to. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. At least the people I reached out to. So gotcha. I was reaching out to people I knew through people, people I didn't know, putting out ads on Facebook and Instagram. And the people that I spoke with, I'm like, hey, this is the vision. You know, this is what we're looking to do. This is the sound. And they was like, nah. Some of them really di- didn't be- believe in a vision, you know, because I guess I was new into the industry. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a budget. I couldn't pay, you know, people I couldn't pay them. And then there was people... Um, like I said, who just was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not in the vibe. I can't, nah, I'm, a, I'm not spitting. I can't spit to this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, cool. So like I said, Tracy, I had lyrics and everything. They, Tracy, I said, they literally pushed me into the booth, man. And here we go. Like once they pushed me in, it was, you know, you know the story of Easy E, how like Dr. Dre had to punch in. Yes, yes, you know, I that do. Was, that was me. Yes, I <laughs> that do. Was me. Man. Man, it's like, but once I got in there, man, you can't pull me out the booth, bro. <laughs> Yo, I was telling somebody the other day, they was like, man, Easy E was one of the best writers of all time. I'm like, say what? Because that's yeah. not how that went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not how that went, bro. <laughs> Yo, so look, on the, on the sports front, bro, have you been paying attention to what's been going on with the NFL, bro, in this free agency frenzy? Man, it's been wild. Like honestly, it's a. I say it's a. Even though it's been wild, it's a breath of fresh air, being as though everything was being shut down from a sports yeah. perspective. But NFL free agency is like one of the most exciting times of the year, man. Like it, it's been wild. Yeah, some things been happening I, I would have never imagined. So okay, let's break it down. All right. So of the moves that you've seen, now we've seen, um, we've seen Hopkins move. Right. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. We. <laughs> We've seen, um, we've seen James Winston. He's out. He has to find a new spot, right? Um, Tom Brady is going to the Bucks, right? We've we've heard that. Philip Rivers yeah. is going to the Colts. Um, I mean, just a ton of different moves, bro. And right now, you know, I don't know what else is going to happen with that Bucks team. I'm hearing about possibly Antonio Brown joining. I don't know, right? I'm hearing about um Todd Gurley um being traded. I'm I'm just hearing those rumors. Those are just rumors. Right, but yeah. possibly Melvin Gordon thinking about joining um um Tom Brady as well. Edelman, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Bro, there's so much stuff happening right now. Of the moves that you've seen overall, bro, which one really sticks out to you? Which one is like I like that? I like that Teddy Bridgewater move, man. Okay, okay. And that Bridgewater move, that that one. So this and this is the reason why I like it. I think Cam needs a fresh start. Okay, for one. And then Bridgewater gets his opportunity. He get, and then he's going into a situation where they're not like he's not going into a like, like a situation where the, the the Panthers are trash. They have a solid defense, even though they lost a few people, you know, the retirement and free agency or trades. They they still have a solid defense, right? They have culture, and then you know they got a T. What's his name? TMC, uh, the best running back in the game, man, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, they got weapons. Yep. Yeah, and then. They got some receivers on the outside. They got some young guys um, on the outside, man. And he has weapons. So it's, he's going into a pretty decent situation. And I want to see Teddy win. Um, you know, he was the highest paid backup last year for a reason. You know what I'm saying? 
Facts. And what what did he do when Breeze went out? They was still, they, yo, they ain't lose. They didn't look. They didn't lose a game. Um, some people in New Orleans will will argue about that, right? Either some people say they didn't win because of Teddy, right? They won in spite of Teddy. Some people say that. Yeah. And some, <laughs> <laughs> but some people say that um he's he's somebody who's a safe quarterback who will guide the ship as long as and he won't make a lot of mistakes. And that's what's good about Teddy Bridgewater, right? He'll he'll play his part. He won't make a lot of mistakes. And he won't lose the games for you most of right. the time. You know what I mean? Right. And so as long as he's that guy, um, some people say this. You look at what's happening with Carolina. You have a Joe Brady there. Joe Brady just left LSU, right? That's winning, right. <laughs> yeah, he just left LSU winning the championship there, right? Bringing a brand new offense to that team. Now you bring in a Teddy Bridgewater who's worked with Joe Brady in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. So he has some familiarity with his system. So now you bring in that you bring in Teddy. You got um, CMC back in the backfield. DJ Moore on the outside. You start to kind of look at the, the Panthers as, hey, this could work out. This could be different. You know what I mean? It, I don't know what they do as far as like tight end is concerned. I don't know what they do as far as like, um, you know, a big outside target on the outside. But, yeah. hey, I feel like Joe Brady's thing could, could work out, bro. What you think? No, I, agree. I I definitely have to agree with that. That's that. That's a key variable that I didn't mention was the Joe, the Joe Brady factor. You see what he did with Joe Burrow. He he made he put Joe Burrow in position to be successful. Distribute the ball to your weapons. Facts. Distribute the ball to your weapons. Get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. And to your point, you already said it. Bridgewater ain't going. He may not win your game, but he ain't gonna lose it either. He's gonna get the ball where he got to go on time. And that's one of the keys to being a quarterback, man. Man, okay, so um, I'm hearing Malcolm Jenkins is going to the Saints now, which is which means that um, their safety Von Bell. I don't know what's gonna happen with him, but I think um, he's possibly going to the Panthers. They just cut Eric Reed earlier. Um, Jimmy yeah. Graham's going to the Bears. So much stuff is happening. How do you feel about the Stefan Diggs to the Bills situation? So Stefan Diggs, he's a hometown dude, man. So you know he's from the DC area. I've been rooting okay. for him. You know, since I watched the dude in high school, man, his highlight. If you get a chance, go back and watch his highlight tapes, man. That dude is sick. Okay. But anyway, um, so I, I got a confession to make. Talk so to I was mad. I was mad that my skins did not resign Kirk Cousins. Okay. I, I was really, I was really hurt by that. And and the reason why was because even though he wasn't the best, he actually solidified us at quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Despite despite how people feel about him. Okay. I think we mishandled that. Now he went to Minnesota. He was put in a position where he can be a little bit more successful. I think he he could have, you know, he's got some growing to do. But that just takes another weapon away from him, right? So now, my, you know, my arguments about Kurt being successful, I think is now going to diminish, right? So it's more, <laughs> look, that, that move is more about hurting me than it is even about gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> But I think him going, to, him going to Buffalo, man, that's going to make, they're already a young, exciting team. Like especially yeah. what they did last year, that's just gonna be another weapon for um for their new quarterback and everything. The quarter, what are you going into his third year now? So yeah, yeah Josh he got Allen, a big arm man. too. Yeah, he yeah. does. He has, he has a big arm. He got um John Brown, like very fast wide receiver John Brown, and now yeah. adding Stephen Diggs. It could be great for it could be great or it could be tough because they like to run the ball a lot, and you know Diggs don't really like it when you run too much. Yeah, he wanted the ball. He's like, Yo, I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah, but, that, but that's the thing. He doesn't have so one one other thing before we move on. One thing is he's gonna have to put up because you're not gonna have Adam Thielen on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo, talk to me about Eric Flowers, man. Um, he's 
I don't know if you've been paying attention to him. He's on your O line, y'all. Um, you know, he had some something a lot to say about the organization. He wanted to leave. He got out, and now he's with the Dolphins. Um, do you think that hurts you in the long run or helps you? Because you know, getting rid of somebody who's not you know happy there, maybe that helps out with the um, team chemistry. Yeah. So Eric Flowers was he was consistent, man. He was consistent on the O line. But to your point, man, like. Uh, Riverboat Run coming in and creating a new culture. So it's like, yo, if you don't want to be there, you know, fine. And the thing is, we're not going. It's not going to be an overnight turnaround. It's some things going to happen. We bringing in like I don't know if you saw, but we signed Thomas Davis. Thomas I Davis, did. Maybe, I thought, he may I be thought. old, but there's strategy behind it. He's a locker room guy. He knows Ron's culture. He knows what it takes um, to be successful in Ron's system. So now you got a veteran to come in and be a voice. Right. To be an on the field voice in the locker room, you know, during OTAs well, probably won't have OTAs, but during camp, um, you got somebody who knows the wrong way. Um, so if, if Flowers wanted to leave because he felt like he didn't want to, you know, fit into the new culture that was being established. So be it. I mean, he got a good deal, too. I think it was like he got like 30 mil or something like that. Bro, I'll be honest with you. Um, I like Thomas Davis. I don't know. I mean, he he's getting kind of up there. Um, and he was yeah. up there when he left, right? Um, the Panthers, but at the same time, he does do something that I think is good for a new transition. So you're bringing in a new head coach. You need somebody who can help communicate, you know, the, right. the team to younger players, right? And yeah. somebody who can talk to them when the coach isn't directly talking to them. Somebody in the locker yeah. room who can talk to them. Somebody on the phone who can, you know, call. I mean, that's that's good for um, a new environment. So I like that. Um, yeah. What you feeling about Riverboat Ron coming in, bro? Like, how you like that move? I like it. It's, it's, I like it, period. Like, our organization needed to be turned upside down. Like, literally shake all the loose change out, and we needed to start over again, bro. Like, we had some people in there that had some personal agendas that I don't think were aligned with football. They weren't about putting the best product on the field. Um, but Ron coming in, <coughs> we got That's a new not- GM. Yeah, we got a new GM as well. Hopefully, um, Mr. Snyder steps out of the way and let those people that he hired do their job. Do their but job. I definitely like Ron coming in with the I'm not going to call it no nonsense, but it's like, yo, we coming in, we give an effort. Like, we're going to coach, you're going to give your best, and if you're not going to give your best, man, like, this may not be the place for you. Yo, talk to me about some moves in free agency that you looked at and you was like, yo, I hate that. I don't don't like that move. So, it got to be that D-hop move, man. Like, they pretty much, so think about it. They gave, so Stefan Diggs, they traded you know, first round picks for, right? He got they got first round uh tender for Stefan, Minnesota did. They gave D, uh O'Brien gave D Hop arguably one of the best receivers in the league, right? He's someone who beats he's a coverage beater. You know what I'm saying? He got a ninety like I don't football and games and, and Madden ain't real nah, football. run that Madden, Madden score. That. Run that Madden score. But like, yo, he's a ninety nine in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't just give those out. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, hey. yo, you give him away for, like, what is it, second or third round pick, and then David Johnson in return, who is going to continue the – so if you look at the Texans running backs over the last, let's say, three or five years, yeah. injury prone, all of them. They, they, all of them. All of them. Injury. Lamont Miller, even going back to my man, Arian Foster, like, Lamont Miller, like, everybody. Blue, everybody just – they just can't keep a consistent back there. And David Johnson fits that. Even though he's dynamic when healthy – the thing is, if you're not available, man, you, you're you no good to us. 
Look, honestly, man, they got fleeced. Um, I don't care if D Johnson, and I said this before, I don't care if, if Johnson was Johnson from 2018. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care if he was that Johnson or 2017. I don't care if he was that Johnson. I don't care if the second round draft pick turns out to be another, I don't know, Will Fuller maybe, right? Like, yeah. I don't care if that's the case. You don't give up D Hop for nothing. You feel what I'm saying? No. You make that thing work. But here's the thing. Um, Here's what we heard from Michael Irvin. And you tell me how you feel about it. So Michael Irvin, you know, I don't know if you heard this already. Michael Irvin, you heard you heard the comment? No, I didn't. No, so I didn't. Michael Irvin had a conversation with D-Hop and was like, yo, so here's the thing. Whenever a, a situation like that occurs and a team gets fleeced like that, that means they had to get rid of that player. It's not just like, you know, just happens. Yeah. They had to oh, get rid of that player. Right. And so what happened was is that Michael Irvin talked to D Hop and he said, Hey, look, what what happened? What happened between you and you know Bill? And he was like, Bro, at the end of the day, um, you know, at first he didn't want to say anything. The second time he called him, he told him, he said, Hey, um, he went into a meeting with him and um the coach of the Houston Texans told him this. He was like, First off, the last time I had to have a meeting like this was with Aaron Hernandez. I heard about that part. Okay. And that right there set that like, that'll change the room. You feel what I'm saying? Everybody said Aaron Hernandez thing. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That changes the room. He told him he didn't like the fact that he had his baby mamas at practice. He told him he didn't like the fact he, he didn't like kind of his whole vibe, basically, and what he was kind of bringing to the team. And so based on those things, after that, D-Hop and, and the coach kind of split apart, right? Like they've never yeah. been able to reconcile that. And because they're not able to reconcile that, they're not able to have a strong relationship. That it like hurts his ability to move the team around. You feel what yeah. I'm saying? That hurts yeah, his ability yeah. to talk to his young quarterback. Now, if you think about this, something like this happened a little bit a while ago when you were talking about Steve Smith. Remember, and I've seen this every time a head coach needs to try to be successful or gain like leadership over his team, the biggest voice has to go. So yeah. Joe, when Sean Payton came into the Saints, Joe Horn had to go. When <laughs> when um when I think it was Ron Rivera, when Ron Rivera came to the Panthers, Steve Smith had Steve to go, Smith. right? Yep. And so in this case now, the coach today is trying to establish his voice with his young quarterback and the best, most talented individual almost right now has the loudest voice. You got to go. How you but, feel about but, that? So this is the thing, man. Like, was do you have like have, has he ever been in trouble in the media? You know what I'm saying? Has Dude, he, you want no. to talk about he's never been considered a locker room cancer. He's always been a leader. Um, he's always been – he's always led by example. He's one of the hardest working players in – I would say in the league. Um, you know, one of the hardest working. J.J. Watt, you've never heard anything happen about J.J. Watt having to check D-Hop or any – you've never heard any of that. you never heard of him about getting into um, Deshaun Watson's ear and being like – kind of like how T.O. used to be you know, uh, harassing the quarterback on this. You've never heard that. So for him to, for, so for, for O'Brien to even come in and set the tone, I haven't had to have a conversation like this since Aaron Hernandez. That's wild. That, that speaks a lot to his character, to, to O'Brien's character, man. Yeah. Like, what is it about D-Hop that puts him in the same, that puts you in the mindset of an Aaron Hernandez? You know what I'm saying? So I don't necessarily know that this was more so about D-Hop or was this about O'Brien and his ego? You know what I mean? Those are facts. Those are facts. And and look, I say he's trying to establish his voice. He's trying to establish himself. Maybe he made up the reason. Maybe, you know what I mean? He came at the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he just targeted him as somebody who had to go. Um, sometimes that works out for you. Sometimes getting rid of that guy works out for the continuity of your team, right? Sean Payton went to the Super Bowl and won after that. 
Um, Rivera, he went to the Super Bowl. He didn't win, but he went to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Sometimes that stuff works out for you. And sometimes you look foolish like the Raiders and you get rid of <laughs> Yeah. And you get rid of big time talent and they go somewhere else and shine, shine. And I believe that this is what's gonna happen with Hop. I think he's gonna shine. All right. So talk to me about this. You're a Redskins fan. I know that, right? And so we're gonna do this for you and we'll do this for my boy Rev, bro. What yeah. are you what are you hoping for in free agency? What are you hoping gets done during this period? So in free agency, man, I want us to go out and get some um like we don't we, we don't have to go out and make that big splash, right? But what I want us to do is go out and fill some holes to support um, our young quarterback. So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, people in D.C. or that are Redskins fans, period, that are not sold on Hopkins. Um, I'm not going to say I'm sold on him either. I just don't think he's had a fair shot. Um, saying Dwayne Haskins, right? Like you don't, you don't believe yeah. in Haskins. But no, no, I'm not saying that. I have. I don't think he's been given an opportunity to really Got prove it. what he had. So based Got on the team that he had around him last year, like there was so much turmoil, right? I don't even think that he should have played as early as he did. I think he should have maybe the last two, three games maybe. But even before he was forced in because um, there was a concussion. Um, Case Kenny got a concussion, Case so Kingdom. he had yep. to play, right? So the thing is, he wasn't really given an op- a fair opportunity. So you put some weapons around him, get him a couple good targets. Like he, he got his college receiver. Um, McLaurin, who actually tore it up last year, but you get him a veteran at receiver, right? We we got AP getting long in the tooth. He's productive, but he's getting long in the tooth. We got to get Darius Geis healthy. Um, Bryce Love is supposed to be healthy, they say, but we don't know. But we got to get some support around him, man. And that's why I got y'all had Bryce Love. Yeah, so we talked about the free agency, but I hope we're not foolish and squandered his second-round draft pick. Like, we need to go out, like, for, I'm going on record, man. We need to get Chase Young. Keep it simple. He's a potential generational talent, man, and you don't pass up on that. And then you just build from there, man. I like what you just said because it's going to bring me to this question that I have for you. You ready? Uh-huh. All right, here we go. You got the second pick in the draft, right? Yep. And a lot of people are hoping that you go out and you grab a Chase Young. Mm-hmm. However... Certain analysts, Todd McShay, um, you know, <laughs> several analysts out there. I know where you're um, going with this. Are predicting that at two, there may be a move for Tua. My question, my question to you, or you can move down. So my question is, what would you like to do at two? You're the GM now, right? I got you yeah. on. Hey, they made a smart move. They went and signed SB at GM. Right? Yeah. SB that GM now for the Washington Redskins. Just for this one pick, though. <laughs> All right. So here you go. Actually, no. Whole draft. Here we go. So SB that GM. You have the choice at two. Every Like predicted, Joe Burrow went number one. You're okay. at two. You could do these three things. You can either, one, you can choose to um, select Chase Young. You can, cha- you can select Tua. Or you can trade down. Or you can select somebody else. I give you that fourth option. Or you can select somebody else that I'm not thinking of. So you can select somebody else, choose Chase, Tua, or you can trade down. What are you doing? So option number one, I'm going, I'm going with the first half. We're taking Chase Young. The only way we don't take Chase Young is if somebody picking behind us falls in love with Tua and they want to, they're willing to more, like give us that spot, right? Give us their spot, like at what I think the Dolphins or something like go three. What is it like four, five, or six? Right? But this is the thing 
we got to get enough collateral so that we can get back into that third spot from the Giants. Because the Giants right now, they don't need a quarterback. They want to go out the best player available. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be a tackle, whether it be um, what's my DB out of um, the DB out of uh, uh, out of Ohio State? Um, I can't call the name. Right right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they can go out to him, but if Chase Young falls, and they call it look, they call it Okuda. They call him Okuda one of the best cornerbacks like in a while. Yeah. They call him one of the best cornerbacks coming out in a while. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So the only way we trade back is if we can climb back, like to trade back to four, five, or six, if we can get, get enough collateral to be able to climb back to number three and then get Chase Young by, while also getting like, you know, additional picks. But like, yo, you, 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 you keep this thing simple, man. You don't, you don't put the, put the, use the quadratic formula or the Pythagorean, Pythagorean theorem in this draft selection, man. You keep it simple, Chase Young. Like we don't, listen, our team does not have that guy that keeps opposing teams up at night. We go get that in Chase Young. At least he, at least he has the higher propensity to be that than Tua does. Tua hasn't, to me, even though Tua's been successful at Alabama, who's been the last Alabama quarterback you've, been, you've seen successful in the NFL? It's been a minute. Yeah, you just answered my question. Like, yeah. A.J. McCarron is, 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 is looked at as a backup. Nah, you know it ain't McCarron. Not McCarron. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's been a minute. But can I tell you something? Go ahead. Tua is not like any other Alabama quarterback that we've seen in years. He's nothing like them, right? He's not McCarron. He's not any of those guys that we've seen before. He's somebody completely different. And you, I can tell based on the efficiency of that offense. All those guys, right? Either they had a stupid good I mean, Tua had weapons. Let's not let's not just say he don't I, I was about to go there. Yeah, uh, he had Henry Ruggs, he had Judy, right? So he yeah. has weapons on the outside. Plus he had a weapon in the backfield. So he has yeah. weapons everywhere, right? Um on top of him having weapons though, Tua's accuracy is just different. He's plumb different, right? So we we're gonna see actually there's two. He we're gonna see two, right? Um the guy from Oklahoma. Who's my guy? Um uh Hurts. Hurts, yeah. So Jalen Hurts, right? So Jalen Hurts, he's, he's even, even different from Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is still being predicted right now to either be a two or a three, right? Some people yeah. are predicting him late one, but I don't think that. I think he's either two or three. But you look at Jalen Hurts. So I feel like Tua, remember Tua beat him out straight up, right? So yeah. Tua beat out Jalen Hurts straight up, and this guy is going to be a first rounder, uh, either first, second, or third rounder, right? So they have talent, and that's that's the level of talent everybody else has been. Every other quarterback for Alabama has been either second or third round talent. Tua is a first round talent because people actually compare him to two people. They compare him because of his stature and because of his accuracy. They compare him to Drew Brees and because of his escapability and Russell Wilson, right? Russell so Wilson, yeah. they say he's somewhat of a combination of both of those guys. You don't hear that type of comparison for A.J. McCarron. That's no, not the situation. Don't. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, AJ, so, AJ, AJ, don't A.J. McCarron got a ring? <laughs> no, he got a Cincinnati. Like, come on, man. So this this is my thing. So it ain't the same. You, no, I get it. But this is this is my thing from a team. So you say I got my GM cap on, right? So I from a team building that. perspective, right, if I take Tua at number two, am I putting him in position to win? Tua doesn't, for me, Tua doesn't say, I can take this team of okay guys and make the team better. If I'm, if I'm building right now, if I'm Riverboat Run, if I'm coming in and I'm saying, you know what, I need to build a team and establish a team and it doesn't matter 
who I put at quarterback. So you can put a young guy in. So look at look at look at what Jacksonville did. Look at what Buffalo did. Look at yeah. what um, Cleveland thought they were doing. Right? They established a defense. They got receivers. They got a running game. Right? They established their running game. So it was almost like it didn't matter. They have who did um Jacksonville have? They got, I forgot his name. Who they had at quarterback? Uh, the guy out of uh, Central Florida. Minshew. Um, no, no, no. Before him, uh, what was his name? Number he wore number. Five, I can't call his name. So you forgot about him too. Um, he was up. a high draft pick. Oh, 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 Borders, Borders, Borders. Blake Borders. Right, Blake Borders. There you go. They plugged Blake Borders and they went to the AFC Championship game. It wasn't on the arm of Borders. It was that defense and it was um the running game. Your boy out of LSU. They struggled because of Borders, man. They struggled you know, I, because I, of Borders. I, I get that, but what I'm saying is when you establish, right, when you establish the core of your team, you can put a quarterback in there, right, and you can put a bridge guy in there and then get the quarterback you actually want. But you okay. go with Tua, you go with Tua, if Tua doesn't pan out, what do you have to fall back on? Haskins. <laughs> nah, see, but why, but why not? So while Haskins is on his rookie deal, why not give him a shot while you're building? You put Chase Young on that defense, you could potentially, and then uh, the other pieces we have on defense, we got Montez Sweat, we got Ionitis, we got the two boys out of um, Alabama. Right, we got a rotation, and then we still we recently we got Kerrigan still, right? He's getting long in the tooth, but again, we got them two young boys. They're going we transition to a four three. They can put their hand in the dirt and do what they do. So it's like, yo, we're building a nice young core and a young nucleus on defense. Why chase the the, the flashy quarterback? Let me ask you this question. Um, and, and this will be the question you have to ask yourself a little bit later. If Tua does turn out to be Drew Brees, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. And Haskins turns out to be not that great, right? Like he turns out to be a disappointment. But Chase Young turns out to be a world beater. Are you happy mm-hmm. with your decision? I'm still gonna be, still gonna be um, happy with the decision. Still okay. gonna be happy. Okay. It's, it's it's one of those gambles and one of those risks that you take with, with with the draft. So it's like I think with Chase Young, you have the you, you right now. If you look at Chase, you take Chase Young. You have the higher higher propensity to be successful. You take Tua, you either gonna go real high or you gonna go real low. Okay, okay. So you feel like it's too much boomer bust there? Too much, too much. Yo, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Tua. I feel you. I feel you. Um, thank you, GM. I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yo, I had I had a conversation with somebody just yesterday, bro. I was talking to um, Mike Sarge, right? Another artist, another Christian hip hop artist who goes hard. You got to check him out. Um, but I talked to him yesterday and he said, we were talking about draft picks. We don't believe in draft picks. He doesn't necessarily believe in. And he bought up Chase Young. And he said people are high on him, but he doesn't believe in him because of the lack of a motor and his lack of success toward the end of the year last year. My question to you is, do you agree with him in that light? Do you, do you also feel apparently not? You love him. What makes you say to those people who are like, he doesn't have high motor, that I think he's one of the best and I'm going to make that investment in him? They say the same. So it's not that I'm so much higher on Chase Young, right? It's more so I just think that he just makes the, makes sense for where the team is at this juncture, right, in a rebuild. He's somebody that will that can come in and be productive right now. So when, it, when, when you hear people talk about it, you think about it. Like the, the younger Bosa brother, he took a whole year off. You know what I'm he saying? did, and and people say people would say, "Oh, he took a whole year off. That's going to hurt you." 
No, he came back and looked 49 49ers had one of the best D lines in the in the um in the NFL because of him, right? Well, he was a key cog in that. So Chase Young toward the end of the season, you think about a couple things like, all right, is it a lack of motive or was he being smart? Right? You look at look this at brother Young smart. You smart, look, look, man. Look at Jade. Look at what I told him yesterday. Same thing. You know yep. what I'm saying? Jadavion did the same thing, bro. These guys had million do- millions of dollars on the line. You know what I'm saying? Whereas in the NCAA, you get in the NCAA, you get hurt and they just throw your next guy up. You know what I'm saying? So th- there's a lot to consider there. I'm thinking like, yo, he's going in with Jack Del Rio as his D coordinator. You really think he's going to let him lap? Come on, man. I see you. I see you. I see you. Look, when he bought that up, when he bought that up, I brought up exactly what you brought up. I said, hey, what about Nick Bosa? Nobody said nothing yeah. about that. You know what I mean? And he tore it up. I'm like, so he was like, yeah, you're right. And I said, and what if he was just kind of chilling? He could he could have just said, I'm not going to play, right? Exactly, exactly. But he decided to play because they were close. And I was like, all right, bet. All right, I see you, brother. I see you. I see My you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, okay, now let's hop back into this music right quick, bro. Um, Talk to me about the single. You're dropping a single on the 20th. Talk to me about it. What's the motion, motivation behind it? Oh, man, so... And writing that song, man, like, I was just thinking about how good God has been to not just me, man, but to the people around me. Um, The name of the song is titled Anyway, right? Despite how many times we mess up, despite how imperfect we are, God still loves us anyway, man. And, you know, that's the the, the hook of the song just really dives into that, man. Shout out to my brother, Corey Webb, man. You may know him from um, Sunday Best Season 1. He's on the top set. Um, He's actually singing the the hook on this song, man. Okay. he really hammered that message home just anyway. You know, God loves us anyway, regardless um, of who we are, regardless of what we've done, where we've been, how long we've been away. God still loves you, man. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I heard you um, <laughs> I heard you on your, on the preview, like, hey, man, shout out to Sam Peasy. And then, hey, nice, we got another one, bro. Um, how long you been knowing Nice, man? Man, I just met Nice, like, this, no, back in 2019, end of 2019, he came to Atlanta to do a session. Um, he actually pulled up on one of my sessions as well. Um, Bet. And we were just vibing. You know, me, him, Rez, Peasy, we in the studio just vibing, man. I, I really learned a lot about Nice and who he is, um, his, his past, you know, his history in the music industry. I really respect his business mind um, and how to maneuver in this thing. Um, he was just back here in Atlanta like a couple weeks ago. You know, I went pulled up on a couple sessions of his and just watched him work, man. And, and me only being in this music thing for what two, three years now, watching somebody who's been in, you know, since the '90s, you know, late '90s um, or maybe early 2000s. But still, that's still a long time. There's a lot that you can learn. And you know, I would tell him like he'd do something. I'd be like, "Nice, I'm still in there, bro." And as humble as he he is he would just say, oh, nah, this iron shop is iron, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he was open to, and that was kind of like one of the reasons, it's like that's the reason he, you know, invited invited us into the session so that we can learn some things, man, to help continue to take this um this CHH thing to the next level. I love it, man, yeah. um, he's, he's always been super helpful and always giving out those tips. He'll give, bro, I've never seen somebody who just distribute wisdom, you know what I mean, and open up yes, doors sir. for people. So he's, he's opened up a lot of doors for us on this side, and, and I love to see that he's still doing that across the board, man. That's a, that's a good look. Yo, thank you so much for joining us, bro. This has been awesome, man. Um, And look, don't think we ain't going to do this again, because this got to oh, happen sure. again. 
Just sure. gotta have to know something crazy gonna happen, man. We're gonna have to, you know, have some healthy debate about it, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. We gotta do this again, man. And we'll probably do it um maybe a little bit close to the draft or right after. So okay. and especially if they look, we may go live. <laughs> if they it's gonna be a lot to talk about. We're probably going live. Yeah, hey, yes. Cause I, I'm look, I'm gonna have some things to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, look, if you're out there and you're listening, man, thank you so much for doing that. Go ahead and press that subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Right? Go ahead and press that subscribe button as well. And look, if you're listening to this on Spotify, on Apple, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. That super helps us get the word out. And thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Share with a friend. Tell somebody what's going on. We love you. We thank you. God bless. We out. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.